When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing the Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome into the Dublin to Denver podcast on the Mile High Report podcast network. It is just the two of us today. Michael is traveling. So I'm Colm Cronin and my colleague this afternoon, this evening, this morning, whatever time you are listening to this podcast is the wonderful Stuart Roach. Stuart, how are you doing, sir? I'm good, Colin. I'm good. Always happy to, to see you and to chat Broncos, um, even though we don't have an enormous amount of Broncos chat to have this week. Uh, these are these are, these are are interesting times where we're all latching on to any kind of information we can find. And this one might be more league-focused, Colin, than uh, uh, most of our podcasts have been up to this point, but a little Broncos flavor to it. But uh yeah, sort of, you know, this is, this is uh, as we've said before, this is one of the, the downsides of being an NFL fan. There's an extraordinarily long off-season, um, and we are really in, the, in the, the, the very quiet part of it now. So, as, as Michael pointed out last week, normally we'd be geared up towards the draft. I saw a tweet yesterday saying 30 days to go, and I got excited, and then I, and then I didn't get excited, and I remembered what our draft was going to look like. But, uh, you know, there's still time to check out those sleepers in round six, Seven, you know, we, we sort of do that kind of level of homework, but uh, no, just um, yeah, look, hanging in there anyway. And uh, and I said, always good to see you and have a chat about our beloved Broncos. 
Yeah, we, we will get into, I suppose, so, some of the happenings around the league with maybe um, kind of our Broncos glasses on, but happenings at other teams. But maybe before we um, launch into that, Stuart, obviously, look, the owners' uh, meetings uh, going on um, this this week, and it's called, it's the owners' meetings, but obviously the, the head coaches are down there. You saw the head coaching photos, and like, you know, there's people from different members, I suppose, of um, the the franchises there uh, as well. We know from, you know, the discussions, uh, you know, that have happened in the past, uh, there's a lot of horse trading that probably goes on in the background as people begin to set maybe trades up for, for draft night uh, or, you know, if, you know, if this player is still on the board and you're on the clock, we might move up, et cetera, et cetera. But obviously, you know, we we have seen Sean Payton talk to the media. Um, Penner spoke to the media as well. Was there anything that you took from, um, you know, and, and either of what those uh, two gentlemen said? Demandy Leach spoke. Um, but anything that that jumped out out at you before? Um, maybe I I, I talk about my uh, what I took from it. There was a lot of interesting stuff, Colin. I thought, in fairness, um, I thought Penner spoke well. He didn't. You know, I think he was trying. He was trying to be cornered into making a prediction as to what way the season was going to go, and you know what would constitute success, or what did they see as they saw the season plan. And he he just said it was. You know, he, he wanted it to be um, heading in the right direction. He wanted the process to be positive, and I think um, I, I I think that's the wise choice. I think we've all been guilty, and I absolutely include myself in that of making sort of bold and indeed incorrect sort of predictions about where the Broncos are going to head the following season. I think Penner seems to be realistic enough to kind of dampen that down. Um, and then, it, it, you know, if the season does go better than most of us expect, then obviously it's a huge surprise. If it doesn't, then nobody can hide Greg Penner out and kind of go, well, you said we were going to make the playoffs, Greg. This is on you as much as anybody else. Um, I, I thought there was some interesting stuff that, you know, Pe- and one thing about Peyton Column is, I guess, because he's been in the media for so long, there's an element of him being more straight talking than we might have been used to over the last few years. Like, you did say the Broncos' offense was difficult to watch last season. Um, now, in fairness, he would have been uh, sort of criminally insane if he said the Broncos' offense was anything other than difficult to watch last year. But normally, coaches and certainly coaches that come in to replace the previous one would have tempered the kind of the language. Um, he didn't. I thought that was refreshing, you know. And there's a lot of talk about uh, sort of a, a change in in sort of mindset, mentality. Um, you know, again, I like that. I, I think Penner also mentioned something, Colin, about the free agent moves and about the fact that the Broncos had guaranteed more money than anybody else up to this point. Obviously, um, and and he he made it. He made what I thought, you know, when it was a very valid point, and I think it sort of echoed what we've said on here. What most Broncos fans have said. Given the position that we found ourselves in, the draft and the needs that we had, particularly on the offensive line, we had no choice but to go out and spend heavily. Um, and I, I, I like that. I was worried that we were going to wait and swing for a tackle in, you know, rounds three or four. And, and you know, realistically, that's just you, you, you know, you're not gonna, you're not gonna get the answer there. So I thought that was that, that was good to hear. I think one last thing, Colin, which I know you in particular of. Indeed, you've sent me WhatsApp messages and Twitter DMs over the years about this. And um, they spoke about the Broncos' um, absolutely crippling uh, injury list over the last couple of years, and about how that was going to be different. Um, I think, you know, I think 
look, the NFL is a, you know, and, 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 and American football is a particularly violent sport. You're going to get injuries. These are very big people running into each other at great speeds. People are going to get hurt, but the Broncos have, have had a, just a, frankly, a preposterous injury just year in, year out. Um, and I think it's good to see that there's an awareness of that. And it's good to see that there's going to be some changes. I mean, one, one of which Peyton mentioned specifically was that, um, a lot more of the starters are going to feature more heavily in the preseason games than they have up to now. And I think that's a good idea because we tried the, um, let's keep the, 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 the presumptive starters under wraps, uh, going into the season. That doesn't work because, you know, they got injured anyway. Um, and also they performed like they hadn't played in, you know, months, um, leading into you know, those first opening weeks of the, of the NFL season proper. So they, their, their moves and their comments that I liked, I, I, I think. Look at this stage, Colm, you know, everyone's every, everyone's free agency class is amazing. Everyone's draft class is going to be brilliant in a couple of weeks' time. All the moves, they've been exciting and we're going to turn the corner. Um, but they, I, I genuinely do have some cautious optimism at the moment about the Broncos. I think one of the most important things is that it, it feels like there's an adult in charge now in Peyton. And, and I think that will sort of, you know, filter on down right the way through the organization. Um I do, but I'm not making any predictions because I've, I've had huge amounts of egg on my face over the last couple of years, you know, particularly when it comes to the likes of, say, Drew Locke. But I, I, I think the season, I'm not going to say we're going to, to make the playoffs, but I, I think we will at least look like a competent football team next year. I I hope so. I, I think we will be improved. I just, I, I'm so burned, Stuart, at this point by years of the the off season hype for the the Broncos and I mean you, one only has to go back to last year and a new coach and a new approach and um he's bringing in um scientific methods and it just absolute like there's there's so little critical analysis that goes on um you know, in, in, in the NFL and, and some franchises w- worse than, than others. But at, at what point do, sh- should we just say, just shut up and, and put it on the field? Um, you know, and, and I, there, I guess they, I know they have to fill, uh, airtime. Um, you know, we, we do this because we love the sport. I know there are professionals who have to, to fill airtime and fill column inches. Um, but every year, uh, you touched on it. Like as you said, the, everybody's delighted with their free agent acquisitions. The the draft, no matter how it falls, it's exactly who you wanted in that particular round. He was on your your board. You couldn't believe he he was there. Um, the the rookies look fantastic in uh, training camp. You're exactly where you, where you want to to be. I just want to see it do it on the field. I hope and I certainly believe that Sean Payton is a huge improvement um, as a head coach. Um, you know, I, I think the the fact that we have an ownership group in place um, who appear to be holding people accountable is great. Um, and, and I hope that con- continues because for too long over the past um and ever since Super Bowl Fifty, obviously the the following season, um, Coob somehow ekes out a, a winning season. But since then, in particular, it's like no matter how bad the Broncos have been, no matter how many broken promises there have been, um, all the false dawns, 
there just hasn't been the the accountability and the the same you know the the, the we moved on from from coaches we moved on for some players but the same people who put those coaches in place were still in situ were picking the next coach um I, I really hope this is the dawn of a new era. Um, and, and I do, you know, it's, I hope Peyton means what he need, what he says, Sean Peyton, that it will be different from last year because things weren't right. Um, and, and it was very obvious, even, you know, from over here that there wasn't cohesion in that roster, um, that um, the, you know, the offense and the defense weren't performing at, at the same levels. Um, you know, they can say what they want about Mike Purcell um, just trying to motivate Russ. But we all know that that was so obvious. So I, I just, the long off season that you mentioned, it just feels so long at this particular time because it's all just talking. We don't get to see anything on, on the field um, at, at the moment. So I, I really cannot wait till we get to the point that we can actually talk about um film and and stuff like that um I, you know the the other piece is probably look there's a consultancy piece going on around you know the potentially new stadium uniforms and and stuff like that um and it'll be interesting to to see what uh what emerges uh from that there's there's lots of of, of different kind of um thoughts and and theories i am i i imagine they're probably going to take you know maybe another year to to see how it beds in with, with uh, Sean Payton um before making decisions on on that um Stuart, the, I suppose look the, the other big talking point out of the owners meeting um and you know it's 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 nice that um I suppose we're, we're not the the team being um talked about here but Lamar Jackson and the Ravens I'm interested in you. You know, you uh, um, along with me have been Broncos fans for a long time. We have seen what happens when you move on from a franchise QB, and kind of the wilderness years that you can find yourself uh, in. Are you surprised? Um, you know, having seen what happened after Elway and after uh, Peyton Manning, are you surprised? that the, the Ravens haven't got a deal done with Lamar Jackson? I'm not surprised, Colin. I'm, I'm flabbergasted. I, I, this to me is, is, is really peculiar behavior from the Ravens who, you know, I would have thought were a, for letting the Ravens, I think of a well-run organization who are there, thereabouts competing year in, year out. You know, they would be a, I mean, I, I suppose particularly, you know, given how we've sort of fallen off the pedestal since Super Bowl 50. Um, the Ravens would be a team that you would look to and you'd envy, you know, because they seem to have stability. I think a lot of that was due to the fact that they moved from Joe Flacco and, and not the, you know, not the corpse of Joe Flacco who ended up in Denver, but, you know, Joe Flacco who, you know, had that magnificent run, fortunately at our cost. But, you know, Joe Flacco was a, was a, was a top NFL quarterback. He wasn't, you know, top five, but he was a very good Super Bowl winning quarterback for a long time. Um, and then just as he started to fall off a cliff, they got Lamar Jackson. Um, and they were lucky that they got Lamar Jackson when they did because Lamar Jackson, you know, fell in the draft for reasons that had nothing to do with him. And, you know, usually when a player that, that is that hyped falls in the draft, it's because something unfortunate in their past history has come up or, you know, there's an injury or whatever. Lamar Jackson was just, I think a lot of it was through the fact that there was some concern as level of comment 
whether or not he was going to be able to replicate what he'd done in college in the NFL. Lamar Jackson, since he's come into the league, Colin, has been electric. He's dynamite. Um, Michael sort of mentioned it a few weeks ago, um, you know, and then laughed and, and looked like he was about to cry at the same time when he said, so that if we, if we had held on for 12 months, we could probably have gotten Lamar Jackson for what we offered for Russell Wilson. Now, hindsight is a wonderful thing, but at the time, if you'd said to me, Russell Wilson or Lamar Jackson, I would have absolutely bitten your hand off for Lamar Jackson. We've seen what he's done. You know, we had Vic's masterclass when he was daring Lamar to beat us with his arm, um, which he proceeded to do quite comfortably. Um, to me, Lamar Jackson is is a phenomenal player. He, he was one of the faces of the league. There are some concerns, I suppose, about his durability, the type of player he is. You know, he's he's going to take those knocks. He's not the same size as, say, a Josh Allen, who plays this kind of a similar style to him. Josh Allen is a much bigger man. Um, but I, I, I just don't understand why a team would jeopardize themselves. Now, you can't force a guy to sign a contract. I mean, I know you can franchise Tiger or whatever, but that does eventually run out. I don't know what the Ravens' end goal here is, Colin, because all it's going to do is annoy the player. Um, and it's, you know, he announced yesterday that he sold it, sold a trade about three weeks ago, I think it was, um, which has not happened. Um, I'm really surprised that the Patriots haven't pulled the trigger. Um, the word is that he wanted to go to the Patriots by all accounts. And I, I, Mac Jones is 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 okay. I don't think Mac Jones is going to win you a Super Bowl, no matter how much talent you put around him, because he doesn't look like he's the guy. He doesn't to me. He looks competent, but no more than that. So if I was a Patriots fan, or if I was in Patriots head office, I would be doing whatever I could. I'd move heaven and earth to get Lamar Jackson because he would completely re-energize that franchise, and they would immediately become Super Bowl contenders. I absolutely, good God, would pray with all my heart that the Patriots do not get Lamar Jackson because I'm enjoying their time in the wilderness um, which I hope will continue for many many years uh, but I, I you know the, the, the franchises column as we've discovered to our cost on two occasions now the franchises who have transitioned from one amazing you know potentially Hall of Fame quarterback to another um, or even one you know amazing top QB to another one um, not even mentioned the Hall of Fame it's a very, very short list, Colin. It's a very, very short list. And, um, you know, like Brett Favre to Aaron Rodgers is one of the only examples uh, because it's one of the only times that it's happened. You you have a an elite quarterback. When he retires or moves off, whatever reason, the chances are you are spending the best parts of a decade uh, in in the desert that's just the way it is and for a team to sort of actively push the guy out after they'd found him like I was just like Colin is Lamar Jackson a franchise QB oh he's more than a franchise QB he's one yeah. of the, certainly a top 10 QB in the league so what on earth would a team an organization be doing by pushing that guy out the door or not doing everything they could to get it done I, I I'm flabbergasted as I said I, I just find it bewildering carry on and I don't see how the Ravens can... I, I don't know how the bridges can be mended from this. Obviously, money talks, but it, it doesn't feel like it's just about the money for Lamar Collins. It seems like there's more there. Um, so I don't know how this is going to play out. As I said, I, I when I heard about the Patriots needs and I heard that Jackson had requested a trade, there felt like an air of inevitability to it. But it seems like even today, there's another report coming out that the Patriots are still actively seeking a trade for Jerry Judy. Um, 
So you'd wonder where the Patriots are going to get the ammo to go for both Jerry Judy and Lamar Jackson. So I, I don't know. I mean, apparently the Patriots have now said, you know, that they're out of the L Lamar Jackson sweepstakes for what it's for what that is. Um, but I, you know, it's probably the biggest story in the league outside of Aaron Rodgers. You know, you know, sort of tortuous move to the Jets, but that does feel like it'll get it can get done at some stage. This one, I I don't know how it's going to play out. And and as you said, Nicky is one of the stars of the NFL. It's it's a very peculiar situation. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo, and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Yeah, I, I, I think you have, have covered it um, quite well. I, I, I don't get it. I, I mean, I don't care what kind of... Um, Potential guaranteed contract he he's looking for. Um, Lamar Jackson's a, a, won an MVP in in his second season, and um, I think there are the, the durability question. Um, you know, I I think um, Lamar to me, and and again, I, I've said it on th this podcast before. I think players get unfairly maligned at times for making business decisions. I think Lamar, um, you know, last year made the right decision in terms of his long-term health um and and he can continue to, to to sit out um but i think some of that was because he recognized you know that he had to like if he got injured um and he did his knee what long-term security um did did he have there um, teams make business decisions all the time and they're allowed to to do that um i think he you know you you rightly highlighted the fact that um, the the venerated Vic Fangio, um, you know, dared him to to beat him with his his arm, and and he went out and, and he did that, and he showed he can beat you on the ground as well. Uh, in in terms of, you know, um, a, a three to to five year deal, certainly, um, I I just I, there there are very very few better QBs in um the in the league. I also think. You're right. I think there's a lot to admire about the, the Ravens, but I think their handling of even Lamar's development has been pretty poor. Um, we're not a franchise who control, you know, too many stones given um, our, our record in developing young QBs. But you look at the way in which the Bills have developed Josh Allen, the way they put weapons around him, the way the Eagles did that with, with Jalen Hurts. And it allows that player to grow in confidence and develop aspects of their game that that are weak. That is not something that the Ravens have done in any way, shape, or form. They have not given Lamar weapons, um, I, and and I think that is perhaps one of the reasons. I also just think the things are there's things are wrong in in Baltimore. They've moved on from an OC. They've moved on from a DC. Um, it, it felt, you know, they've been kind of falling out with, with each other. Um, they threw their, their backup QB, I feel, under the bus after their loss to the, the Bengals. They put it entirely on him and, and the fumble. It never comes down to, to one play. I felt that was, was pretty poor for them to, to do that. 
Um, I, yeah, it, it is a very strange one to me. And, and like you, you know, I, I've seen the aftermath of moving on from a, from a franchise guy. Um, you're, you're right. I mean, the Packers are an interesting one because 30 years of absolute Hall of Fame quality play. Um, we won't get into debating the relative, um, you know, personalities of those uh, two gentlemen. One, one much worse than the other. Don't get, don't get me wrong. Um, but you know, the two Super Bowls out of that. The other, I suppose, the Chargers being another franchise where they have moved, um, you know, from um, kind of very good QB play to very good uh, QB play, um, but never really making the the most of that. I, I am fascinated that so many teams are out on him. Um, you know, the the so, some in the league will say um, that that is owners not wanting to, um, to 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 give another guaranteed contract. Uh, you know, I I do. It just it baffles me that um, he's there because the asking price for for him two firsts and. Um, does not seem excessive so certainly one to to keep uh keep an eye on um i i think um the other thing probably Stuart, that that i thought would be just interesting is um the broncos obviously set a record just last year um last august officially when the the deal went through for um the 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 walter penner group or Wal, uh, by walton penner group buying the the franchise 4.65 billion it looks like the washington commanders are going to to sell for six billion um and uh the league are, are going to be um free of um the of the dan schneider era and everything that has gone with it i can only imagine that if a player got up to even one tenth of what Dan Schneider has gotten up to, they would have been um, banned indefinitely from the league and, and would never have been um, re- reinstated. Um, I suppose you were of um, a similar vintage to myself. You would have um, remembered Washington being a serious outfit back in the the er- early 90s, and particularly with well, the 80s and the 90s. They, I mean, they were immense. Um, and, and given what they did really without a franchise, QB, um, and and but one of the most famous position groups in the Hogs, um, how I suppose just I'm interested in your thoughts on on the sale, the amount, but also you know in, in terms of like the it's the the ownership groups. It seems to be like with the Broncos, it it feels like you know they brought in some people maybe to um to to, to kind of add some um some star power to things um but it's very much that we know where the money is with the um certainly one of the bids for the commanders it looks like there's a group uh involved on the other side there's a canadian billionaire um but in terms of like that that like do you think an ownership group can actually really work if if they're all going to have a say in, in how it's going to work rather than kind of just being figureheads I guess, Colm, one of the things is, you know, there's a few sort of separate points there. I, I, I when I think of the Broncos now, I think of Penner because he seems to be the one who, who sort of frequently speaks to the media. Now, he may or may not be the real power on the throne. I don't know. Uh, but he certainly seems like he's got the direct line to, to Walton. Um, 
I'm not sure how, I mean, look, you know, there are ownership groups, so they do work, but I suppose if it was me, I would prefer just, you know, one, one voice. Um, then again, I suppose we've been lucky in that, you know, we had Pat Bowling for so long and, and, and he seemed to be the, you know, he, it ultimately lay with him. Um, I, I'm, I, again, it seems flabbergasted. It seems to be the way I am constantly today. Maybe it's, you know, the fact that spring is kicking in finally, but, um, I I was I was hugely surprised when you sent me a message earlier on about that that sale because of the price that it was going for. So, and it's directly in reference to the now protracted sale of Manchester United, as myself, yourself, and Michael are all Manchester United fans. Um, this is something obviously that's been kind of you know we've been we've been keeping a close eye on. So, um. There had been stories that the Glazers were holding out and that the, the, recently the bids were nowhere near what they expected um, and that they were looking for six billion, which we thought they were being, you know, greedy. Um, and it's worth remembering that the, the Glazers are not in any way, shape or form, similar personalities to our old friend Schneider, who by all accounts is is a wonderful human being and a truly <laughs> amazing piece of work. The Glazers, in fairness to them, and I say this, you know, very rarely, they don't seem like they've got those kind of skeletons in their closet. However, the Glazers are, are appalling owners um, and they looked out with Tom Brady and they'll go back now to to NFL hell where they had spent most of their time. And Schneider was also dreadful as well. Um, and as you said, it, it, it kind of, you know, it's amazing to, for somebody who grew up watching the NFL in the 80s just how bad Washington had become because they were a real powerhouse. They were there, thereabouts every year. They were involved, you know, playoff runs they seem to be always in the nfl playoffs against say the bears or the giants or the niners they were a real team that you know was just a sort of a standard bear for for elite football play um the fact that the commanders are now being sold for 4.9 billion pounds give or take to me is is i i just i i it, it worries me as a manchester united fan because i think now if I'm one of the Glazers, I immediately get back onto the rain group and go, "Yeah, we're going to need to, we're going to need to have a chat about, you know, the kind of figures that we're throwing about." And um, so I think, by it, it now scuppers any sale of of Manchester United, which appalls me because I was, you know, had champagne and ice to finally. You thought your Vance Joseph going away party was a big one, Colin. My Glazers are leaving would have been five times that, and you you would have been invited, of course. Um. But it seems like, and it's not just one offer. It seems like the asking price is six billion dollars, um, and it seems like there's at least two buyers that are happy to meet that price. Um, it just goes to show you, like I, I do think the Walton's got to deal with the Broncos because, despite the Broncos' recent um, uh, sort of lamentable record, the Broncos are, are, are far more important and uh, a far more vibrant NFL franchise than the Commanders have been say at least for a decade or two if not more um and and the fact that they got them at that price i think i think that the the, the walton group will be very happy with that that figure that they see today because i think they they must have realized that they 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 did their job well because i think if they'd waited a year longer to buy the broncos it would have been at least six six and a half billion pounds or six and a half billion uh dollars so um i i'm i'm stunned um, and as I said, I don't think this helps Manchester United. Um, uh, you know, and I know this is the, the Dublin to Denver, not the Dublin, not the Dublin to Manchester podcast. 
but it does impact us because, you know, the Glazers are NFL owners as well. And, you know, can you imagine the kind of money that, say, the Dallas Cowboys would go for if, if Jones decided to sell or, you know, one of those truly elite franchises? The, the money would be, you know, if the, if, if the commanders have gone for $6 billion to call them and it seems like people are not balking at that price, then the likes of the Cowboys, they'd be close to nine or 10, you think. That's the kind of the level you'd be looking at. So I, yeah, very, very surprising. But probably no harm to see the back of Schneider because he kind of seemed to leave a stink behind him wherever he went. Just not a good person by all accounts. Um, too many stories. Um, and, you know, just really kind of you didn't, really didn't do the league anything uh, in any way positive. So good riddance. Yeah, no, de- de- definitely. Um, by By all accounts, a bad owner and an even worse uh, human being. So um, I think we will be well well rid of him. Um, Stuart, I suppose just um, finally, just, just to, to wrap up, one, one of the interesting things that I saw um, come out in terms of, because look, they're, they're, the Broncos have rode back this week in terms of last week when we were recording, there was all this talk around trading potentially trading Judy Broncos have rolled right back on this week difficult to to know whether you know that's a, a bit of poker playing and you know we, we saw last year AJ Brown and Hollywood uh, Brown go um on on draft night so we we shall see but um according to uh, NFL stats on Twitter um the teams with the most expensive um, wide receiver groups um by cap hit in 2023. The Broncos are third on the the list. Um, does that surprise you? It surprises me in terms of productivity, Colm. I mean, I know we'd given Tim Patrick and Cortland Sutton uh, contracts. Um, but I think, you know, we, we view the, the Broncos through our, you know, orange and blue tinted glasses. I imagine if you gave that piece of information to fans of 31 other teams, they probably fall off their seats to hear that news because I think the Broncos wide receiver group as we've said um, is promise it's not productivity um, it's you know you're talking about let's put it out in the field when well, the Broncos haven't been able to do that uh, their wide receiver group um, for a variety of reasons you know a lot of it's to do with injury a lot of it's to do with the lack of chemistry between Russell and say Corlin Suttle for example um, I still think you know you mentioned Hollywood Brown I still think one of the wide receivers is going to be uh, traded in the lead up to the draft um, so I think that that number from guaranteed money will go down <laughs> come back to me on that one in about six or about four weeks call it five weeks I think I'll, we, we, we'll have moved down um, considerably we did pick up a, a decent wide receiver Callaway um, so I know everybody's as, as we said every every wide or every free agent we pick up mom is going to be brilliant to make an impact but he is decent and he has some wheels and I think he's somebody that we could utilize and he's played with Peyton before so I think that was an interesting pick up and uh, you know as I said I, I still expect one of the, the, the big two to go um, probably on draft night yeah I, I, the other P, we, we picked up Callaway but um, KJ Hamler has picked up another unfortunate injury um which which is it, it is unfortunate, um, but that is kind of three years in in a row now, um, and, and it, it 
would concern you. And given the the figures that I'm, I'm talking about there, um, where it was that the the Broncos um had forty forty two point two million in terms of, of cap hit, um, uh, we we do need to to see a lot more on the the field. Um, and yeah, you, generally coaches do want to bring in certainly one or two guys who maybe they're they are uh, familiar with. Um, just to kind of be um, their um, their voice in in the dressing room um, as as such. Uh, Stuart, this has been uh, it's been an in, kind of an interesting tour uh, around the league with our um, kind of from a, from a Broncos perspective because it I think for for the us we we have had an interesting few years obviously with uh, without an owner um, so we know what it's like uh, going through that that transition. And uh, without a cornerback for so long, um, and I was so surprised that the the Ravens were are are, are so keen to uh, to part with with theirs. But um, you can um, find Stuart on Twitter at PurpleHeartTC. Michael is on there at Michael underscore NFL, and I'm on there at Cullum from Cork. Thanks to everyone at Mile High Report. And we will be back again next week um, when, I mean, who who knows what may have happened uh, or it, in Broncos country or in the, the league writ large. But for now, go Broncos. Go Broncos.